The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I am your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? My man, this, um, you know, the national championship happened last night. I don't know if you noticed. Did it? Yeah, football. The football game. I'm not sure if you saw that or not, but I, I kind of reveled in the fact that TCU just earmuffs just got their asses handed to them. Oh yeah, I was sure. I, I was truly enjoying it. Even, but even to a point at 52 to seven, I tapped out. I was like, this is too much. This is too good. It's like when you go to a buffet, and at some point you just okay, that's the third lobster tail of the night. This is my fourth plate of prime rib. I've got to call it quits. Much like just being gluttonous. Yeah. Much like the basketball game tonight, didn't watch much of the second half. Well, that's where I was headed because I think um, what I put out into the universe last night came back to me tonight. I'm I'm back grounded. I'm back at level zero. I appreciate the the karma recognition. (laughs) That's true. Conference basketball game versus a national title football game. I I think it's okay because I I took a giant dump on TCU too. I I even said like, hey, this is is what's going to be tonight. I'm going to say nothing but nasty things about TCU. And if they win, it'll still be nasty, twinged with a little jealousy. Didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> if it'll win, if they won, they they just got lucky again. That's all it was. It wasn't. They would have like knocked yeah, out Stetson I would, I Bennett. Come or, up with, yeah, I would have come up with something. I would have spun it in some way. I don't care if they had won by two touchdowns. So it was, oh well, just well, it's because the ref didn't call that passing interference or whatever. But no, not even close. Wasn't even a problem tonight. Awful. I will go ahead and admit. Admit. I think you alluded to it earlier. I did throw it out on Twitter. Like once tech gets up by 30, I'm done or gets down by 30. I'm done. And that's, I stayed true to that, man. I don't know what I was going to learn those last nine minutes and 42 seconds aside from by the time we hit record on this podcast, I probably would have needed to get back onto blood pressure medication. So I chose the healthy route for myself and just shut off the TV. So yeah, tech falls 84 to 50 on the road in Ames. I know we'll talk about that, but we, we want to just acknowledge that right off the gate because it just ended, but I didn't watch the last 10 minutes because, um, 
who cares? Yeah. Good times. Right? Is that okay? Yeah, okay. we'll we'll definitely talk about uh, basketball. There is some football. You mentioned the, the national title game. We'll talk about that for half a second. There was some football news, Texas Tech related, that we'll touch on. And then I guess we'll talk some basketball because that's that's where we're at. College football season's over, man. We're done. At least until spring if, practice and all that kind of stuff. But spring's going to be weird. You know, our recording schedule is going to be just different. I'm going to be a little baby in this house, so. Oh, that, that's right. So we went to the doctor today. Just real deal. quick, jump into what, what did we learn, at least for Spencer. We're probably expecting like five weeks out from now. I so. thought you were about to say something like twins. No. <laughs> It'd be a little late in the game to say, hey, by the way, I there's two in there. <laughs> well, there was a... Missed it for well, there's, in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just really, just did a really good job. Anyway. No, that's that's crazy. Five weeks. That's a quick Amen. countdown. Right in the middle of baseball. Perfect. The beginning-ish of baseball? Or the beginning, I'm sorry, the beginning of youth baseball. Oh, we'll get to that too. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you have been living under a rock, you'll know that the Staking the Plains podcast network is official. It's an official thing, Michael. Let's go. Let's do it. We are Ready. joining forces officially with Gambling Gauchos, Red Rooter Dugout, and Seeing Scarlet as <laughs> Michael's counting on his hands over there. Um, four of your favorite Texas Tech podcasts coming together for a podcast network. Um, I can't. I can't with the hand signs. We've got video now. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna add numbers. So that's the thing. It's official. We are, I mean, even more so than we have been uh, in partnership with those fine productions. Uh, with that, we will be trying our hand at video on the podcast. We're going to try streaming the thing. Uh, tonight, we're running a test, see how everything works. Took me like two hours to get everything set up, and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> So I've got, uh, I've got things to fix, but be on the lookout for that. We'll be having uh, all great things. You'll, you'll see us, if you haven't seen us before, you're like, yeah, it's probably a reason why they didn't do video before. But we are super excited to be uh, doing this great content creation with these great Red Raiders. Although Rob's not a Red Raider, so. Oh, well, hey, by proxy. Yeah, maybe he he is lifetime Lubbockite. He's got that on he's big got Jay Jerno, but he has taken over taking the plane. So he's got that going for him. That's true. That's um, also true. You want to follow us on Twitter? The show's at twenty three personnel. You can follow me, Spencer at punts suck, and Michael at Michael underscore lbk. We are also brought to you by the fine folks at Sports Drink. They are the newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. You can check them out online. Go to sportsdrink.org or type in at sportsdrink on Instagram. It's spelled like sportsdrink, but without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. Now, I'm, we're going to touch on football. I'm not going to hit the bumper. That's, we would spend more time listening to that than actually talking about it. So, true. Uh, TCU Georgia game last night went just about how I thought it would. Um, I mean, there was a little bit of doubt that 
since they'd gotten so far and they had played the game they did against uh, Michigan, I was like, well, you know, maybe, maybe it'd be a little closer than, than I thought it would be. Um, they got it to 10 to seven. I was like, okay, here we go. But after that, Michael, man, uh, it just obviously derailed when they, you know, if they lose the game 65 to seven, it's not really a close game. No. Well, and I have to admit a little bit of faith. I had some faith in the Horned Frogs. I took them earlier this week. I think they were plus 13 and a half. And I really, I I started to finally think, okay, they're not just the luckiest team since, um, you know, Matt Rule's last Baylor team. They're not the, they're not just in the land. They defeated Michigan. It was a close game. Michigan soundly took care of Ohio State in Columbus. And then Ohio State barely, uh, you know, just was a last second field goal away from upsetting Georgia. So I thought, okay, all right, fine. This is the world we live in. Sonny Dykes comes in out of nowhere to, um, to resurrect this TCU team. He moves an hour west, gets it done, comes in, is going to have a competitive team. I did not think TCU would win, but I really thought, hey, this may be a 10-point game. There's no telling. I mean, I just was, yeah, 13 and a half. They'll keep it within that. No. And I was I was actually surprised at how much, how bad they looked, um, how bad Georgia made them look. Mm-hmm. Georgia was actually kind of merciful. Their last couple of drives, of course, there was that one one-play drive. I think it was 19 yards because they got a turnover and then just scored immediately. But they scored on every single drive but the last one. Two of their last three drives, they held the ball for four-plus minutes, I think five-plus. So they, they kind of tried to slow down at the end, finally. But my goodness, I think TCU was, um, you know, I'd, I wanted them to lose because I don't get the narrative how it's good for the conference or if it's good for the conference, it's good for Texas tech. No, those two aren't always overlapping Venn diagrams just because something may be good for the big 12. Doesn't mean it's necessarily good for Texas tech. We've established on this podcast several times of, of how that is your recruiting backyard. And, you know, we, that's an, another overlapping diagram with TCU, probably them, Baylor, Oklahoma State, but mostly TCU are who you really are competing with for geography. So that was not of my concern. I don't care about winning for that reason, but I was just kind of spitefully hopeful that it was really close and they lose on like some crazy fluke play or something like that. But yeah, I was just being a jerk about it, honestly. So didn't care that it went down the way it did. And I still think they might be pretty good next year, but I really think it's going to, I think it's going to be a pretty big letdown next year for them. Yeah. And, and, and I want to, you know, <clears throat> understand that like those players and that the team like probably had a really rough night after the game like that oh, sucks sure uh but 
didn't stop me from enjoying every second of that ass kicking they, they got. Um, there were times where you're like, where I was like, TCU, like you are doing absolutely nothing to mitigate or to try to reduce the advantage that Georgia has and physical size. They were many, many times they stayed in their base defense and they were rushing three men, three guys against six Georgia giants. It's like, well, that's a choice that the defensive coordinator is making and it's uh, not really working out. Um, they, I mean, their best players were kept in check or just vanished. Like um, they were talking about TCU's best co- cover corner. And I swear like next play, just his guy wide open 30 yards. Nobody around him was like, well, what happened to the best corner cover? Um, and like, I looking at some of the, the wide receivers on the Georgia team, you would not expect that they were like peak athletes, right? Like they, they, they even showed a picture from media day leading up to the game, uh, about their tight end. Like this is not somebody you would think would be as dominant as he is. Like he's just, he looks like a six, six, like high school guy. Like he hasn't really filled out a frame. He's not like all that physically imposing. Um, but dude, he, he ate their lunch. Uh, the receivers, like what was his name? Lad. 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 He's like, he made their best corner. Just look absolutely ridiculously stupid. Um, offensively, Quentin Johnson. I think he had one catch for a couple of yards. Max Duggan showed to be the running back that he was and couldn't complete a pass. He's just, he just, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> But let me say this, understand, like, if Texas Tech were in that same spot, we would have lost 65 to 7. Like, I think Tech could have scored 10. <laughs> that Georgia team is just ridiculous. Um, so, let's talk about Texas Tech football, Michael. There was, a, there was a little bit of news that came out today that a an assistant coach has been hired away. Uh, and there were some mixed reactions uh, some were upset that he had chosen to go to a conference opponent. Uh, a sp- I haven't seen the details of, of his position at OU, but uh, Emmett Jones may be taking a, a lateral move to Oklahoma. Um, with that, he may be trying to take some current Texas Tech receivers, maybe trying to take some current Texas Tech recruits, commits with him as well. Um, I had a thought this afternoon, Michael, that the who needs to eat a dick section maybe may become a segment, a standing segment uh, that that his actions over the next couple of days may determine if he makes that list. Okay. Emmett Jones, because it's, I mean, it's one thing, right? If you get poached away from a, a, a conference opponent, which we did that, we took him from Kansas and we paid his buyout for him to do that like the very next year. It's like, well, we probably should have known because he did it to somebody else. He did it to us. Um, he, there was a guy that transferred in from Kansas and Jordan Brown. Um, 
So it wouldn't be the, you know, surprise of the world if he takes somebody with him. It would sting if it's Jerron Bradley, but we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things where like there are people that are upset that, you know, how could he choose to leave Texas tech and go to Oklahoma? And there are, are some that are like, well, it's, it's signs of a healthy, if not good, or at least trending in the right direction program that a team like Oklahoma wants your coaches, wants your players, right? Like they took a guy that you benched because he was better than what they currently had. They're taking one of your coaches because it's better than what they currently had. So to be in that position is is not a bad spot for Texas Tech. Now, it does suck, right, that you have to go and replace those guys. But you leave that up to Joey McGuire, the guy that recruits the team, the guy that builds the staff, who has done a supreme job up to this point to go fill out that spot again. So... I know, I know it's apples and oranges, and we like to, as fans, kind of that same tweet that you see, you know, our team has players entering the portal, but that's good and healthy. These other teams have players entering the portal, and that means their program is just a gigantic dumpster fire. So, you know, by this same logic, hey, we all should have been really happy that Chris Beard and Avery Benson ended up over at Texas because that's that's who that's who we're becoming and that's that's who texas is looking for the next best great thing is uh our players and coaches currently at texas tech from here it's possible but i'm not i'm not really taking this it's not a good position to be when you co-host a podcast but man i don't really have a a strong take on this i'd as far as I know, I wish him the best, you know, unless he's actively trying to recruit our players that are either at tech or committed to tech. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the EAD may come into play later if that is the case. But so far, it we don't know. It doesn't seem like he may just want to change. He may he may not have liked Lubbock as much as he thought he would. He, I mean, it's Norman. Let's... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to settle down here and not, you know, kick another big 12 town just because they're not a big town or whatever. But anyway, I'm just kind of going to let the dust fall on this and see, see where this settles because it just seems kind of odd. Mm-hmm. Like you said, kind of a lateral move unless he's dying to get into the sec. And even if that were the case, you would think that he would possibly have that chance next year if he wanted to stick with tech one more year and then I'm sure he could get hired on if he wanted out of the conference for whatever reason. But it seems like wasn't, was he not the interim head coach at Canfley? Am I making that up? You said he it was seems the, like it, in the interim head coach at Kansas. Yes. Cause no. didn't they, well, who, who was the interim head coach before Leopold got, got there? Uh, it so was the guy they, they kept on. Him. No, it was fired a, him at a weird time. It was, um, wasn't it Bowen? Let's see. No, he was KU's interim head coach in the spring of 2021. 
Oh. Okay. So that's what makes me think like, okay, they, they obviously saw that he was capable of, of holding that position down until they hired another coach. And I think there was even just discussion. I don't know if it was rumor or anything worth reporting that might've been considered for the head coaching job just because of his connection with the team and the players and everything there. So it seems like he's wants to head to that trajectory. So I'm, I'm a little baffled by the move, but there could be more come out later that sheds light on it. And there could be just personal things, you know, people move for personal reasons. Uh, I don't know his family situation. Kids may want to be out of a different school or to a different school. I know there's different schools in Lubbock, but there's just no telling. So yeah, I'm, I'm really know. trying not to, to look too far into it. Um, just let the, let the tech players stay, Mr. Yeah. Jones, just let leave, them stay here. Leave them alone. Um, sure. Hey, speaking of tech players, did you see the transfer news coming out of Michigan that Alan Bowman is heading to Stillwater? One, how does he still have eligibility left? Because uh, he was here with Kingsbury. Yes. Was so he has played in 18, three 19, head coaches 20, ago. 21 and 22. So we'll he be playing must in 23. have gotten a medical red shirt. Yeah. Yes. He must have gotten a medical red shirt somewhere. Plus COVID. Um, since leaving Lubbock. Well, yeah. So since leaving COVID, since leaving Lubbock, he has completed, I mean, sorry, not completed. He has attempted 11 passes Mm. and he has not attempted a conference, a pass against a conference opponent since 2021. He threw one against Wisconsin just one in September (laughs) or October. Yeah. So it, I know that Oklahoma state's hurting at that position, he may win the job. You don't know. And he really did have good flashes at tech. I'm ambivalent on this too. Like, okay. Yeah. And, oh, and why, why the big 12 though, man. And the, to his credit and to everyone else's, we don't know who we're playing next year. He doesn't know either. Yep, that's where I was going. It's like, we, there isn't a, there isn't a 2023 schedule yet. Uh, and that there were, you know, rumblings. I don't know how, or where they were coming from saying that Texas tech may not play either of the Oklahoma schools and 23. Uh, so if that's the case, like, well, you miss out on, on, on Bowman, which means you, you would miss out on so many juicy rematches because you miss out on Bowman. You'd miss out on Emma Jones. You're already missing out on Chris Beard. Spoiler alert, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, so Donovan Smith, well, we'll see. We'll see if they're on the schedule next year. Good old Houston. Um, with that, Michael, I, I I think we went a little bit longer than I intended on football. You want to talk know. about basketball? Me too. My bad. Yeah, let's let's talk about basketball. All right, let's do it. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. The shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a 
shot, Kyler Edwards. Already doubled into Tariq. Bollinger puts it down. Already. Odiasi. Propars it in. Got caught down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good. Colbert got the separation. Mike, I think it'd be a slight miracle if this team made it to the final four. Oh gosh. The final four of what? Like the CBI? The the bottom four Big Twelve team? Yeah. Um or the top four. Not the top I don't even know. The bottom quarter? Top quarter? Actually, yeah, I don't know. I, I updated those numbers and I realized that that's kind of uh not what I meant to do. Text Tech falls tonight. Uh, this will be your instant reaction, I guess, to Texas Tech losing 84 to 50 to Texas Tech. Sorry, Iowa State winning 84 to 50. Um, like I'm, I'm a. It was one thing when you lost to Oklahoma on Saturday. You're like, well, you were without Bacho and you're without Pop Isaacs. And they and came, came back. back. You roared back. And yeah. they, you're like, okay, okay, we 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 got. It's going to be more competitive you know you should have beaten oklahoma it's going to be tough on the road in iowa state always is <clears throat> but doing it without pop isaacs and and uh, daniel bacho would have been a, a tall task but you're like okay i feel good about it and there were moments watching daniel bacho play i was like he sucks he sucks right now he sucked in this game. How about that? Um, I think there were like three or four possessions in a row. He turned it over. Whether oh, it was to a, start the game. Yeah. Bad passes yes. or he got stripped going up. I was like, bro, you're like a, you're the biggest guy in the court and you got these little guards that are making you look stupid. Uh, he I'm went still, 32 I'm minutes. He played almost the most number of minutes. Four points. Yeah. Two for four from the field, missed his only free throw, missed his only three pointer, three rebounds. 32 minutes, the seven footer had three rebounds. One assist, one foul, four turnovers, three blocks, though. I don't know, man. It, it looked like Definitely. he was off and he just wasn't back yes. yet. So, no, I agree. I, I think this was more of a hey, we need you. We're going we're gonna to get you out there. Uh, he obviously looked off to me too. And Pop Isaacs was and off part too. Of, oh, for sure. Uh, you know, part of that on Bacho's part, you know, maybe his hand's not completely healed. Maybe he's still trying to put back on the weight he lost and trying to get back into shape. But, you know, at some point, and I don't think this is what we're doing, but we've got to just acknowledge that even at full strength, this team, I don't think this team would have come into overcome a 34 point deficit on the road. You know, I, I don't think, I don't think Iowa state's necessarily that much better than tech, but they've been playing really well lately. They won three big 12 games in a row. They're four and zero right now. So I did not expect tech to win this, but like you said, I expected them to be competitive. And I think at some point 
it's it's just not it's not who we are this this team you don't know who's going to show up you know uh O'Banner only shot four times tonight Isaac shot 13 times which hey he's your hot hand usually uh let him go for it but man only three of 13 one of nine from three one of nine um just abysmal from shooting at Harmon again the only offense you had six of 13 a lot of those just really tough contested layups going into the lane trying to be physical um you know 14 points he did hit a three tonight one of three so he was able to get something going um Tyson's been in a slump. He he usually has been more productive from on his shots. Just one of four tonight from three, two of eight overall. Never got to the line. I I, I just think this team, unless you've got two guys scoring twenty five points, you're not gonna you're not gonna do it. That's kind of been the only recipe in semi competitive games. Is you know O'Banner and Harmon go off. O'Banner and Isaacs go off. Bacho or Bacho. Why do I keep doing that? Bacho and O'Banner go off. You know, Bacho has 19, O'Banner has 26 or something like that. And you win. Uh, You're not going to see that in the big 12 or or if you do, that's kind of the only hope you've got. So that's, that's a frustrating reality is this offense. I don't know what they're doing. They, like to run to the left and pick up their dribble and make somebody come to them. And then there's sometimes they're screening. Usually it's five out every now and then there's one guy in the lane. They're move away from the ball some, but not much, you know, one or two players at, at most are moving away from the ball. Um, I don't know what this offense is. And it's obviously different when Harmon decides to just put his head down or Isaacs takes a breather and it just becomes the Harmon show, which honestly I'm kind of fine with at this point because that's about all we've got. Yeah. You and definitely at some point. Sorry. If, if sorry. And if it, at some point he just, that's just what it turns into. And he's just driving to the lane and, and hopefully they're collapsing on him and he can find an open guy that can start hitting some shots. That's good. I mean, if, if that's what the offense is going to be, then they should commit to it. If Bacho is going to, constantly be 18 20 foot from the basket whenever someone shoots a shot okay our best rebounder is nowhere near uh where the ball's actually going to come down if if this doesn't go in Uh, i'm very confused confused on defense confused on all of it yeah um I, i was sorry i was sitting there thinking for a second and I don't know um, what it is when, when you're talking specifically about offense. Um, because there were there was times when you were doing things offensively this season, and there were times when you're doing like against really bad teams. Um, and maybe that was just just a talent differential thing there. But you got ten total points from your bench tonight. Um, I mean. According to the plus minus from from the stats, like your best player today was Demarion Williams, who was a highest rated with a zero. Well, he well, we were pretty impressed, or I was pretty impressed with his defense uh, against OU. 
but he probably played a little bit in that last 10 minutes that I didn't watch. I know that he had, he had started coming in in he the final 15 minutes or so, but played seven yeah. total minutes. Yeah. Missed both of his shots. He took, they were both threes picked up a foul and a block. Um, yeah, I don't know what the offense is. Um, it's been just baffling two years in a row. Mark Adams hires somebody that's pretty well known for their offense for them not to run that person's offense. Um, and it's concerning that that's becoming a, um, kind of the precedent he's setting because if like at some point soon that doesn't change, like you're really going to be struggling to hire anybody else that's supposed to have any kind of offensive pulse, right? Like you hired Barrett Peary last year uh, and you know, he was coming in from Portland state and they were high paced offense. Uh, they, you know, defensively they ran a lot of traps and, and, and full court pressure and you saw exactly zero of that last year. And then quietly he just leaves. Wasn't fired. He left. Is he coaching anywhere this year? I don't think so. Well, he took a, um, he did kind of like him at Jones, except for he went to, did he go to UNLV or something? Kind of took a similar position at a quote unquote smaller, you know, smaller school. Yeah, sorry. He is so, a, a current assistant coach at UNLV. So to echo your point, I'm I'm with you. It was just kind of bizarre circumstances. And then Adams is able to get Green away from South Plains, a job that he has firmly he had he was there for two decades almost. Mm-hmm. Just down the road. I who knows how many times he's been attempted to be hired away. Adams was the guy that finally did it. And you think, okay, man, now we're talking and we're going to get, we're going to get what he was able to put together at South Plains, which I'm not someone who can dissect or analyze offenses, especially NBA ones, but supposedly it's very similar to what Steve Kerr and and the Warriors would run with lots of outside shooting, obviously, motion to get to get your shooters open um not seeing that so much here and it doesn't help when tech's been abysmal from three the last couple of games you know tonight they were 18 percent in the first half 20 percent the second against ou they were 11 percent just even if that's your offense you you can't run it mm-hmm. so if you've got guys shooting you know, five of 26 from three, you get nowhere. Uh, and then on that, on the flip side of that, Tech went from allowing generally 32% from three. Uh, that has been kind of blown out of the water the last three games. Well, not so much against OU. They allowed 33%. It just felt like more because OU is not really a huge three-point shooting team. And, and, and because first, you were so bad. Yes, yes. It was just the disparity. I mean, they were three times better at shooting the three than you were. But versus Kansas, defensively, Tech's allowed 46%. And then tonight, 
54% in the first half and 56 in the second. You've got guys, I remember seeing Isaacs run around Bacho from underneath the basket to try to contest a, th- a three on the wing. There's got to be a better way to run a defense. You, you can't have your, you can't have somebody come around your seven footer and try to make it out in time to contest that shot. And of course he didn't, no fault of his own, but was just completely out of position and no one else was rotating over to, to get that, uh, you know, get a hand in the guy's face. And of course he, he drained it. Mm hmm. Uh, at 0-4 in conference play, Texas Tech is firmly in last place. And I feel confident in saying this. This is uh, unacceptable. You were competing for a conference title um, not even that long ago, a couple years maybe. Um, you had a coaching chains change. You had some generally positive feelings about how things were going last year. Outside of the questions on offense you recruited well you picked up good transfers it's kind of shit man <laughs> I don't know what else to yeah. say it's like you you brought in good guys like there are so many things that individually you could take positives from but the sum of all those parts right now 10 and 6 on the season 0 and 4 in conference play you are You've got nothing better than two quad three wins. And those are only because those there are two quad four wins. that got reclassified into quad three. Uh, and the, those won't, won't last. They'll, they'll drop back down to quad four. You're, you finally got a quad two game on there. You're over one. Uh, the game tonight was a quad, quad one. You're zero and five there. I mean, firmly in last place you're you're looking at a you know obviously you, you you've gone own four you've got a game on the road in austin this weekend against uh rodney terry's longhorns because <laughs> i think they haven't gone long enough without beard he's got some some input there um haslam generally a a fairly conservative predictor has this an eight point win for the Longhorns. Um, and that was before tonight's game, right? Yep. Those numbers were from before tonight's game. Um, I'm, I'm not even going to go through Ken Palm has metrics, T rank net rankings. No. You were 60th yeah. in net rankings. Besides me saying I wasn't going to do it. You were 60th before tonight. Um, when you get blown up by 34, I mean, it's just going to get tanked. Uh, Longhorns are, you know, 13 and two so far in the season. They're two and one. They host TCU tomorrow night. Um, I kind of made a joke earlier. Uh, you won't get a beard reunion. So on the plus side, Texas tech will always remain undefeated against Chris beard and his teams, or at least a, a Chris beard led te- Texas Longhorn team. You- Who knows? He, he may back in McMurray in a decade or so. Play the Warhawks. Yeah, I don't know the Warhawks now. I'm not sure. But uh, familiar names are are leading that team on at least on the floor. Uh, Marcus Carr, 18 points per game, 47 percent from the field, 45 percent from three on 58 attempts, 81 percent from the line. 
Tyrese Hunter, 12 points per game. Timmy Allen, 10 points per game. He's shooting 17% from three, but only on 12 attempts. So in my cynical and pessimistic view, I would predict he'll go like five of six from three this weekend. Yeah, he'll he'll go five of six, and somehow Carr, who's already at 45%, will shoot above his three-point average. I This game does lose some luster. You know, I mean, we... We made a few jokes about um, Beard, but not, you know, allow us to clarify and know that we're not joking about the situation that led him to be fired uh, with cause from Texas. Just know that that's not the case. And that is something that we take very seriously. But, you know, this game does lose a little luster for me for two reasons. One, with him not there as much as we do or don't want to admit it. Yes. Tech loves to beat Texas. Of course we do, but it was different. It was different with him there on the sideline um, with him, not there. It loses a little bit of luster mm-hmm. and it also loses some luster when you just, you know, got boat raced in Ames on a random Tuesday night before you go to Austin. So that's another thing where it's just kind of, Oh boy. I'm not looking forward to this at all. I'm not looking forward to much much of these tech games anymore. You know, um, yeah. Tonight was a real turning point for me. I hope they can find their own turning point and start to be competitive. Maybe surprise some people. But times times running out, man. They've only got 13 games left in the Big 12. Is it 13? Wait, are we 0 and 4 or 0 and 5? We're Oh, and four right now. We've got Texas. Okay. Okay. Which will be five. So we've got, we've got 14 left. I mean, if Tech went 500 in those 14, that would be incredible. And so that's about best case scenario to me is seven games. If there's any chance that that could possibly happen and it would need to start pretty quick and you'd have to get probably almost all of them would be an upset at this point. I don't know if you'll be favored the rest of the year. I mean, I don't know about after tonight, but the game next Tuesday versus Baylor back at home, you are a slight favorite, two and a half yeah, points they're, favorite. They're on their own little skid right now. I mean, you, you, you're going into this one a little bit. You've got some, some players to discuss, but uh, Baylor plays tomorrow night as well. They play against West Virginia, and then they play Oklahoma State before they come to Lubbock. They are 0-3 in Big 12 play. Uh very similar kind of trajectory as, as tech, but I do think they have some good off season or not off season, but I think they've fared better against Q1 and Q2 opponents before big 12 play. But for them, it's kind of a down season right now. So that's a good point. You know, there, there may be something there that tech can take advantage of, but I've, we were worried. We were worried all through, you know, that whole month of December, just because sure you're scoring a hundred points, but so what? Um, the competition was obviously not the level you were going to be seeing in Ames, in Waco, in Austin, and then now that that is here, it's it's a stark contrast. It's even uh, it's even worse than I thought it would be. So honestly, at this point, best case scenario would be to go 500 the rest of the year. That would be just 
incredible. Well, if you, can, if you do that, I mean, you're go seven and seven. Well, so you, you'd have to go, um, to go 500 the rest of the year. Like, you mean like just to go 500 on the rest of the schedule or 500 for the year? Oh no. 500 for the rest of the big 12 games. Okay. Which is, I think I'm asking a lot now yeah. that I'm actually doing the math. I think winning five games is probably going to be. Uh, you'd have to go nine and five the rest of the way out to go 500 on the year. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I meant, I meant 500 just on the, the final yeah, 14 final games. 14. So you've got, so we would, we would finish with the 7 11 Big 12 record. Is that and right? Even that, yeah, and even that feels math work? far-fetched. Like, just almost yes. unattainable. Because you're playing at Texas this weekend. You get Baylor back at home, like we were talking about. This may be your best shot, your next best shot. Um, there, well, we'll we'll do the preview pretty quick. Uh, Tuesday night, 8 p.m., ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU. It'll be on probably you. They are 10 and 5. Oh, and three on the season, excuse me, um, in conference play, they have West Virginia tomorrow in Morgantown, then Saturday versus Oklahoma state before you get them. Uh, they could be also Oh, and five, uh, coming into that game. They are led by Keontae George. It's a guard, almost 17 points per game, but not a great shooter. 38% from the field, 34% from three on 113 attempts, Michael. That's a ton of three-point attempts. Um, Flagler, they've got another guy that averages almost the same, 16.7 points per game, where Keontae George was 16.8. Much better shooter, 47% from the field, 48% from three. Keontae George, that's average seven three-point attempts per game. That's a lot. He's letting them fly, baby. Um, LJ Cryer, uh, another guy averaging more than 10 points per game, almost 14 for him, uh, 44% from the field, 91% from the free throw line, so you don't want to send him there. And then Jalen Bridges, he's not a big guy, 6'7", but he's averaging two two blocks per game on the season. But his last five, he's gone one, three, two, two, and two blocks. So that average of two, two, game, two blocks per game uh, is, is kind of impressive, and it's been held up a lot by the last few games. So well, that's, not, that's only going to matter to Harmon because no one else shoots anything in the lane. <laughs> I don't... I, that's so Harmon, Harmon, if you're listening, look out for Bridges. Try to avoid number or whatever number Bridges wears. I think it's 11. Uh, so that's Tuesday night, the 17th. Um, then you go to Manhattan on the 21st, Saturday, the 21st, take on a very hot Kansas State team. And then back home the following Wednesday, the 25th for West Virginia before you hit the Big 12 SEC challenge against an LSU team that I don't want to play. Um, And then your halfway point in the conference schedule is Monday the 30th back home versus Iowa State. Did you say the, is the LSU game in Lubbock or Baton Rouge? It's in Baton Rouge. It's in Baton Rouge. I, I swear it was there last time 
right? I think it was. Mm-hmm. Mm. My my wife was uh, she had an emergency appendectomy that day, so I, I vaguely remember that because the nurses kept coming in and talking about the game while she was getting treated. Yeah, it, sorry, I was, I was doing quick math. Uh, at the halfway point of the conference schedule, I see Texas Tech in two and seven. And those are wins against Baylor and West Virginia. And those are not... I no, mean, they're not me. <laughs> no, those are... You're like going out on a limb saying that at this point. I, I'm saying those are your best chances, so at least so far. Best chances, best chances, yeah. Um, then you get... We're not overlooking. We're not overlooking anybody. Uh, you get Oklahoma State twice in the second half of the season, uh, which means I, you'll be done with Iowa State in the first half, but um, you get Oklahoma State in the second half twice, but he goes ba- at Baylor, at Oklahoma State, home versus Kansas, home versus Texas, at West Virginia, at Oklahoma, home versus TC. Like, you... <laughs> Like, <laughs> I'm just, I, I haven't found a win yet, Michael, on that back half of the schedule. It's, because it's it, tough. if it's a close game at home versus Baylor, it's going to be the like more positive in favor of Baylor, the home team. At Oklahoma State, um, I mean, you'll be home versus Kansas State, but... I mean, if they're on their same trajectory, I mean, they, they could just destroy you. Home versus Texas, they've shown... Um, I mean, they, they were a little out of sorts those first couple of games without Beard, but it looks like Terry's got them kind of settled in a little bit. Road game in Morgantown, road game in Norman, home versus TCU. I mean, maybe that TCU game you're looking at, like, we, we can get them back. But that would have been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight losses. Well, in that TCU game, that was one of your best defended three-point, or it was by far your best defended three-point game in the Big 12 slate. I forgot what they were. They wound up like 18% or something. It was it was pretty abysmal. And maybe there's something there that they can go back and and look at and, and try to keep from happening again at home. So, uh, so many of these are, I think they should be close on paper, but just seeing tonight, things can get out of hand in a hurry. That Iowa State defense, I do want to give them credit. But, I mean, they, they played hard. They earned those turnovers. Uh, you know, they just fooled they just fooled tech offensively and mm-hmm. and lulled tech into complacency, especially those first four or five turnovers. I mean, that, that was all within the five, first five minutes. Yeah. Tech you were averaging that. Yeah. You were averaging a turnover more than a turnover per minute to start the game. Yes. Um, and, and they finished with 19, which is a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah. That's, you know, that's actually having, under average for Iowa state. Yeah. They, they force like 21 turnovers a game and you had 13 in the first half. Right. And so, you know, Tech did a better job taking care of the ball. It didn't matter because you went into halftime down 19, and that was the end of that. But Iowa State really played great defense. Um, 
I was surprised at how well they shot the three. I didn't know if that was their thing or not, or if they just were taking advantage of what Tech was giving them, which was apparently a lot of open threes. 12 of 22 tonight. Ouch. That's about all I got on basketball. 55.5% from three. Yeah. Good cripes. We've just been so positive tonight, Michael. Oh, we have. It's been good. It's been good. We'll end on a positive note, I think. Yeah, I've got nothing else for basketball. I, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule. I'm like, we've got a couple of games at home versus the other teams that are also swimming the bottom of the Big 12 barrel with us that we may have a good shot at. Uh, but I think they get the their return trips. I think they win those. It's like, I mean, this is like Pat Knight. <laughs> uh, who was that guy? Chris, that was Chris that, Walker. Chris Walker. Ask like two and 16, three and 15 conference record this year. Okay, hang on a second. Hang on a second. I'm going to look up Texas Tech Big 12 basketball records. I don't think because Tubby Smith was ever that bad. I don't think so either. I think his first year was it was worse. His first year was pretty tough. And and I he he schemed it in a way that like didn't let teams blow you out because he yes, just like because they held on to the ball. <laughs> He ground that game into dust, man. He's like, no, you won't be able to blow us out because we're just going to take a shot with one second left on the clock. Yeah, we're going to take a prayer of a shot. Dusty Hannes is going to like throw something up with mm-hmm. two seconds left on the shot clock. Uh, okay, so conference record. Let's see. The last time Texas Tech was below 500 was sixteen seventeen. They were six and twelve. They were exactly five hundred, and they were nine and nine that year. Well, sorry, y'all could do math. Y'all know what five hundred is out of eighteen games. But six and twelve in sixteen seventeen. Year before that, they were nine and nine. Six and twelve was that Beard's first year. Yes. Okay. Um. So I'm. They don't have the coach over here, which is kind of annoying. When when did Tubby Smith come here? Was he 12-13? Tubby Smith's first year was 2013-14. 13-14. Okay. He went 6 and 12 that year. Yep. So that still showed improvement cuz the year before they were 3 and 15. Year before that, no, one. Billy Gillespie 1 and 17. 1 and 17. That was the Chris Walker year too, right? Yeah. I think Walker took over for Gillespie because he left when things got hairy and they were coming. Yeah, I don't think Gillespie completed a season. So it's been a minute. It's been since 1617 since Tech's gone below 500 in Big 12 play. We're staring down at it unless they pull off a miraculous. Uh, I can't even do that in my head. They would need to go nine. That's an easy one. Nine and seven. No, I don't th- oh, no, they need to go nine and three on this next stretch. Nine and five. 
That's it. Nine and five. Uh, but yeah, uh, so Toby Smith came in six, 12, three and 15, then nine and nine. And then Beard's first year, six and 12, 11 and seven, 14 and four, nine and nine, nine and eight, 12 and six is first year under Mark Adams. Yeah. So 12 and six, something that we probably kind of took for granted at the time is your firmly your third best conference record in 20 years. Mm, better than that, man. Well, I you was just saying 20 to start. You Since haven't 95, won 95, 96. <laughs> I was about to say, you haven't won more than 12 games. Uh, you won 14 the year that you went to the national title, 28, 18, 19. You haven't won more than 12 games going back to 95, 96. Yeah. Well, they didn't play. They only played 16 then. Yeah. So, so were, slightly different. Well, no, slightly different comparison. No, you only played fourteen that year. You were fourteen and zero. Oh, I'm sorry. The year after, okay, that was probably Southwest Conference. Yeah, that was, was the last year of the Southwest Conference. So they went from fourteen games to sixteen, mm-hmm. and then eventually went from sixteen to eighteen. Uh, once A and M and Mizzou left, I believe. Yeah. Starting in 11. And you hadn't won more than that since 76, 77. You won 13 and 14. Sorry, 13 and 4 so, that year. So we're looking at, I don't know. I don't know what we're looking at. Could be historically bad. Uh, you know, 1 in 17 is the worst one in our years of tech fandom. That was 11, 12. So hopefully it won't be that bad, but there's a couple 3 and 15s that we're staring right down the middle. There's a six and twelve that almost doesn't feel attainable. <laughs> so bad, but hey, a lot can happen. A lot can change, but I'm just not seeing it. I don't know what what could change at this point, aside from all the all the guys make all their shots. <laughs> That's it. That's the offenses. They just they just start making all their shots. Everyone just starts shooting sixty percent and. Can I ask a tech tech comes out of it? A morbid question. Just out of like morbid yes. curiosity here. If something were to come out surrounding Mark Adamson's private life, that would lead to his dismissal or his resignation. And like Steve Green took over for the rest of the year. Would it change? Or would we still be looking at like three and 15? Because I guess what I'm asking is like, is Mark Adams a problem? I, I'm very hesitant to say that he is. And two, I know of the thing you're alluding to that, well, that okay, could be traced I, in his private life. That's kind of a, a weird fireable offense. And and I'm I, I guess I'm not like I'm not specifically saying like that comes out and he gets fired. I, I, I guess I, I phrase it that way. It's not really what I meant because I don't think it's a fireable offense. I'm just saying like I don't want to make the, the 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 comparison to another conference coach that was fired for something off the court. But oh uh, yeah, if no, something no. were to happen, you're not saying that mid season and somebody else took over for him in an interim role. 
Which I guess the only way that you'd be able so. to because the defense the defense is not there. Well, you don't really it's have to not. have defense to win games. If you're scoring 80 points a game, which that's not what they've said the last five years in Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> it's because we haven't been able to play offense. I don't know, man. And I, I don't. Me being in a, in, a, in a poor mood right now about the outlook of this season, like I don't, I'm not convinced it's Mark Adams, but coming from what we saw last year to this year, and then considering all the pieces that should have been positives, and now we're like, what the hell's going on? Like I don't, I don't know anywhere else to look besides at the top. But I don't know. I'm not saying he should be fired. I'm yeah. not like calling for his. That's not what I'm doing. I'm no. just. It's a podcast, man. We're but just we here for opinions. We and can express frustration, BSing yeah. around. And express, like, that's what everyone else thinks too. Everyone else is frustrated and looking for answers. But yeah, we're not calling for anybody's head or anything. It's just questions. Questions we're asking. Uh, yes, it's a it's a completely different roster. Yes, a few changes on the coaching staff, but not that many. But the result is vastly different from what they were able to get last year. So you could almost point to the roster itself, but the players don't put the roster together. Nope. So there's that too. Uh, I'm just not... I'm not trying to point too many fingers. I just know that it's it's ugly. And I was going into this year hoping for attorney appearance. That was really about all I was confident in being hopeful for. And yeah, now that's I think that's a just about a statistic impossibility. All right. <laughs> I think we've beat. I think we've beat the hell out of that dead horse. Let's uh, let's get to what we learned. And wrap this thing up. What do you say? <laughs> let's do it. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. No. I don't know either. All right, Michael. What did we learn? I learned that having a brunch birthday party for your six-year-old got some thumbs up from some parents. I think I think we're starting to do trend mm-hmm. because. No free ads, but we rented a space at Blazing Bouncers here in Lubbock, which is a place where it's a giant building full of all all these cool um, inflatable air castles and slides and bounce castles, whatever they're all called. And so you have access to all that. There's basketball, there's video games, there's, you know, uh, you can get tickets and you can go turn those tickets in for a Tootsie Roll and all those great prizes. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Saturday morning, we're parents of a younger child. We had her birthday party, which was a few weeks ago, but it was during the Christmas holidays. So it's impossible to schedule a party during that. And it's impossible to expect people to come. We know everyone has so many obligations during that time, ourselves included. So we waited until after the year and had it at 9.30 in the morning, Spencer. That's awfully early. We were out the door at 9, got there, got set up. People started rolling in 9.30, 9.35. 
my wife, to her credit, this is this was her idea. I was kind of skeptical at first, but then she was like, no, 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 it'll be great. We'll have fruit. We'll have bagels. We'll have cream cheese spread. Nice. We'll have coffee. Um, we'll have a toaster. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, cake. Yeah. So birthday cake. We had birthday cake, you know, around 1030 or whatever. Bagels and but, birthday cake. But yeah, so the parents stood around, ate, ate bagels and toasted them and had bagels and cream cheese and Starbucks coffee and just had a great time. And the kids just ran and did whatever they wanted. And so I had some people say, you know, this, this worked out pretty good. I was like, yeah, I was kind of skeptical, but then everyone we invited has kids because obviously that's who's coming to a six year old's birthday party. And so everyone, three, at least three or four people said the same thing that I said when my wife told me about it. I was like, well, well, yeah, hell they're up anyway. Sure. Might as well just get, get out of the house and go. And then you're, you're done with your day by lunch. Like you can go do whatever you want. Hey, or the kids are tuckered out. Everybody can go home and kind of just rest. It's not at two o'clock in the afternoon. And then, oh, but we're going to go to your grandmother's for dinner. And then the kids are all grumpy and tired because you're leaving at five. And anyway, so it's just, hey, brunch, birthday parties for hmm. your young children. It's, it's worth a consideration. Yeah, we've got a, a couple of Saturdays in a row. We've got back-to-back parties that we've been invited to. Like, I think it's not this. I think it's the 21st and 28th. We have two parties each Saturday. And it's one of those things where, like, they're close enough. Like, we feel obligated enough that we will be going to all four of those parties. You have back-to-back double headers yeah. on consecutive Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Oh, peace be with you. Uh, one of them, so one of them is a, uh, it will be a blazing bouncers. One is a person's home. One is, uh, main event, which I'm actually excited for. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> the four year old across the street birthday is like, heck yeah, man, I'm going to main event. <laughs> and then, um, there's this place like a party rental space where they like, it's a petting zoo and like miniature ponies. Oh, yeah, uh, kind of like north of Wolferth. I don't know. It's it's my my niece's birthday party. We're going there, so I I couldn't tell you whose birthday is when, but one of them is our our next door neighbor, like our our really good friends. Their youngest is one of them. Our neighbor across the street, their oldest four year old is one of them. Then my niece that will be turning six or seven. And then my niece and nephew twins that will be turning one. So, well, main event, I, I will, I main events great. And a lot of it's because my wife and I just like playing video games. And oh, yeah. So our, da- our daughter's gotten into that too, which has just been a lot of fun and playing all the other silly games and stuff too. So that was actually where we took her for her actual birthday on her actual birthday, the three of us went. And so, uh, we've done that. We did that last year too. Just be, I mean, her birthday's Christmas Eve. It's not like, Hey, everybody to quit it out with your family and come hang out with mine. Yeah. So that's it tough. was just, that's just kind of been the thing. So uh, main event was, it's, it's fun, man. I, they gave us this card because we said it was her birthday. It was all you can play for 30 minutes. 
And so just we were just swipe like going, that going every machine. Yes. Yes. Everything that's like, it, we, we found there's a limit. Like, oh, you swiped it too many times. Like, oh man. Cause we were trying to, we were doing the Jurassic Park one where, you know, your, your character dies and then, Hey, you swipe your card to continue. So I was like, yeah, let's keep going. And then it was, <laughs> oh no, you've, you've swiped it too many times. Cause we were doing two player. I was like, yep, we're going to keep going. Oh, you're down. I'm, st- oh no. Okay. okay. Well, hold off. <laughs> But it's yeah, not we, unlimited then. Main event. <laughs> I know there's a timer on it, but man, you can get a lot done in 30 minutes. That was that was a blast. That's yeah. what we learned. Good times. <laughs> Go basketball. Go. Uh, let's get ready for baseball, uh, man. Can't wait. I was going to tell you about okay. baseball. Uh, still haven't gotten Grayson signed up or even on board with playing this year, which I hate. I would. This would be stupid if this is last year. Or last year was last year. We'll see. That'll do it for us on 23 Personnel Podcast. We'll be back next week at some point. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. 